and I don't like nobody touching my stuff. So just keep your meat hooks off. If I catch any of you guys in my stuff, I'll kill you. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> Well, well, here we are. Shall we play a game? I want my MTV. Know what only $1.99 buys you at Ponderosa right now? Only at Radio Shack. Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s. I'm very happy you could all join us today. I have two very special guests with me. Uh, you know Kevin Ackley, he's been on here several times. But uh, we, went, we went deep into our uh, arsenal and got uh, probably one of the funniest guys I've been around. <laughs> so, Dean Woods is here, so welcome Dean. Thanks Rob, way to really put the pressure on. <laughs> We I'll are. try to dig deep. <laughs> so, as you may have seen, you clicked on the link, so you probably know this is, we're talking all about 80s comedies today. So, movies from the 80s, there are comedies, some of them we remember well, some of them maybe not so much, but we're going to talk about all of them. Before we get started, uh, we've talked, you know, you've heard me talk about Kevin before, we met when we were kids uh, at, uh, at church, and then uh, later on, Dean came along. So, talk to us about how you guys met and, and your friendship history a little bit. <laughs> well, I was working at Nationwide. Uh, started right out of high school. Um, and about a, we had a really fun job. You know, we had to ride these little carts around and under the tunnels at Nationwide downtown, which I don't know if everybody knows they exist. Um, about we a month, do. About a month and a, a few months later, uh, actually about a month and a half later, um, Kevin came in and joined our team. Um, I think at that point I might have still not been quite fully trained, but I'm sure I probably helped train him at some point. Um, he needed more training. We'll get into a little accident he had later on, maybe. Um, I don't think I've heard about the accident. <laughs> yes, he, Tell us about the accident. He, uh, we're driving these little carts in the tunnels, right? And um, he's going full bore down the bottom and you know hit a curb. With a railing on it, but basically these things were just a front flatbed in front of us, and underneath this was like eight battery car batteries. Mm -hmm. That's how they were powered. And he rolled it. Basically, luckily, didn't get hurt. Um, I think from what I hear, because I we weren't in the tunnel, but I think battery acid and everything kind of started filling that space. Um, funny story is I I talked to the I later in later years I worked with the security guard who was in the room that witnessed that and she said it was, she said it was awesome day. yes <laughs> so um, it was awesome but then we all had to have a talk with our director after that about how they weren't toys and we had to probably take a new safety class <laughs> <laughs> and and even to this day it's still called the kevin clause yes <laughs> yeah i was maybe two months into the job when that happened and i remember standing up after i got thrown off of it and I said to the guy that I was with, I said, well, that's the end of this job. <laughs> and so 
but fortunately, they they reviewed the the film. They they saw that it was just an accident. I just I just turned too sharp. And, <laughs> reviewed it. I mean, they got it. I mean, literally. It, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure somewhere. Yeah, they they yeah. probably showed a freeze frame in the middle. There's Kevin in the middle. Of the air, <laughs> look of peril on his face. That's great. Yeah, and the thing is, I didn't know there was a camera there, and so I went back and told my boss. Well, I, I tipped over the cart. I was trying to really downplay it, and. Uh, so he went back down to look where it had happened, and, and it, the, the, the hall was still kind of filled with smoke. And it, it, I mean, it, it, it had, the acid had just eaten right through the wires and just caught it on fire. And there was a big burn mark on the ground. What and, if I uh, never heard this before? I, well, it's not exactly my, one of my better moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah it is. Brag about. So, uh, so I'm I'm still trying to downplay it, and there's a big burn mark on the on the you know on the thing that caught on fire. And a security guard walks down, and she goes, "Oh, this whole." hallway was filled with smoke we saw it all on camera and she points up to it i'm like you gotta be kidding me actually it was probably good that that camera was there because they could tell i wasn't goofing off so right. i didn't lose my job um that's and I, good and i was very careful driver for like at least a week and then we got back to yeah. <laughs> that was fun. hey it was a fun job i will say that <laughs> so the training videos to this day they probably, that scene is shown <laughs> it's like the driver it's like the driver's ed videos right. that you <laughs> Feeling groovy. Yeah. <laughs> jacked up. Oh, that's awesome. So what we're going to do, we are going to take a brief time out, and we will be right back talking about our favorite comedy movies of the 80s. Hang on. And now a word from our sponsors. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Tuned In Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livinginthe80s.us and, of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Uh, what we are going to do is we are going to, to do a kind of a pretty good brush stroke of comedies in the 80s. Uh, we're going to start with 1980, go through 1989, and just kind of maybe talk about some of our favorite movies in that time. And at the very end, we are going to determine our Mount Rushmore of 80s movies comedies. Sound good, gentlemen? Yes. Sounds great. All right. So we're going to first start with 1980. Flight 209er, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? L.A. departure frequency 123.9er. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Flight 209er, clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Who wants to go first? Well, I will say one of my favorite movies from the 80s came out in 1980, and it was Airplane. Mm -hmm. It was different than any movie I'd seen up to that point in my life, which I was 13 at that point, so <laughs> my past <laughs> years of movie watching. Um... But it was just all the puns and and the literal translations of things, and it was and it was very quotable, and I mean I've watched it so many times over the years, and uh, I loved that movie, loved it, and I did, and I just loved that style, and and they you know 
continued to do those things throughout the 80s with other yeah. franchises. I think, I think a, well, from a lot of things after that, just really try to copy and duplicate that yeah. formula. Right. Yeah, and they yeah they come they fall short most of the time. I oh think. yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm right there with Kevin. It, that's one one of my favorites. It's probably going to be on my Mount Rushmore anyway. Um, you know, I've, my kids have seen it. They laugh every time. It's just so quotable too. I mean, we, you know, not a week goes by I don't put something from that movie. <laughs> did you guys see the Goldbergs episode a few weeks ago? I did not. I need to catch up on that show. Yeah. So they did a. You know how they. On that show, they typically will go by and take some fad, usually a movie or a TV show, and they'll kind of base the episode around that. Mm-hmm. And they did uh, they did Airplane. No, oh, I definitely have to see that. Cool. Have to watch it. It's yeah. kind of cool. So Adam had just seen it, and so he was on the airplane, like trying to get the stewardess to say stuff. Like he'd say a line and expect something back, and <laughs> he was so disappointed. He brought an inflatable pilot. <laughs> it was. Good. Oh, I definitely have to see that. That'd be awesome. So, uh, Dean, you want to take number two? Uh, yeah. So, looking down to this list, um, honestly, the, actually, the second one on the list is probably one of my, at least from that from nineteen eighty, uh, Caddyshack. Um, you know, you hear the stories about you know what what a jerk Chevy Chase was in person, but you know, I remember back back then, I didn't care about. Anybody's politics or yeah, um, well, we didn't know because they didn't share right, for exactly. to hear. And yeah. I think that made me enjoy movies a lot better than I enjoy them today. Yeah, but um, yeah, Caddyshack because Rodney Dangerfield, I'm telling you, just anything he's in. Oh my goodness, yes, um, it's just just the tops, and I just like his style. I mean, he typecast himself, obviously, but but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> He, I, one of my favorite scenes was when they're on the golf course, and he and he's got this this car stereo built into his golf bag and turns on Journeys anything any way you want it, and he's let's dance, <laughs> like Rodney Dangerfield being old and crotchety or whatever is like the hippest guy in this whole movie, right. which right. is which 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 cracked me up. Ted Knight also was amazing. This yes, yeah. Spalding, and and that was that's for you, Sean. You're welcome. And, and those two, that's kind of was their, their personality in real life. One was was kind of dignified, and mm-hmm. and then you had Rodney Dangerfield. And when those two had to act together, yeah. it was oh. tough because Rodney Dangerfield would ad lib it, and Ted Knight, you know, spent the night before learning all of his lines, and then he's just, he's kind of kind of wing it when Rodney Dangerfield there drove him crazy. Which which makes it better for us. Yeah, right. Definitely. Those two, the the way they did ultimately play off each other was great. I love Chevy Chase's character, and Bill Murray playing Carl Spackler oh, yeah. right. was amazing. Like we had never really seen that kind of character in a movie before then, and it seemed like kind of like Airplane. There's formulas, and after that, everybody kind of had to have a kind of a, a, a goof that wasn't all there at some point of the movie. Right. I mean, in some ways, I mean, though, we just talked about those two actors and then the other two actors, and it was almost like two different... It was watching two different movies. Yeah, pretty two much. Two really separate storylines overall that kind of combined, but, I mean... Yeah, it was Harold Ramis' first time directing a movie. He didn't know what he was doing. So they just filmed these scenes, and then he took it back to Hollywood and just kind of spliced it together to make a movie. And if... Once you know that, you watch it, like, yeah, these, yeah. these scenes kind are so unrelated. Little, yeah, right. And, and the whole scene with... 
uh, yeah, nothing segued to the next scene. Right, right. It was it was very broken up. And so the scene where Chevy Chase is playing golf at night and ends up hitting the ball into Bill Murray's shack or whatever, mm-hmm. they added that in later because Bill Murray and, and Chevy Chase could not get along at all. Yeah. And well, oh, Bill, we got Bill Murray t- took Chevy Chase's spot on SNL when he left. Like, you know, cast member in, out, right. new guy in. So for some reason, I don't, I'm not sure... Who instigated what, or like why there was that tension? But they just kind of well, didn't Chevy Chase got picked over Bill Murray first for that for SNL, and I think after one year he left. Yeah, and so Bill Murray came in, but everyone loved Chevy Chase, and he had all this pressure on him that he had to be the next Chevy Chase, but he had a different style, and they just yeah. never, for some reason, got along. But yeah. but they did say that filming that scene together kind of helped bury some of the tensions. So. That's good. Yeah. That's good because like both of those guys. Uh, I, I just love most of the work I've seen him do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about well, Chevy Chase a little later. Oh, that's yeah. a classic scene, too, in that movie. Oh, yeah. oh yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Cannonball. <laughs> uh, I, there, there's been so many times I've quoted that where someone says, uh, yeah, you can come over. Is that, that place got a pool. <laughs> right. <laughs> got a pool. Yeah. Yeah, and the pond would be better for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's our top three of uh, 1980. So we're going to go down this list here of other comedies we have. Oh, there's only two. Oh, yes, it is. The third one's The Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. How could I forget that one? I love that movie. Uh, I, being a fan of Saturday Night Live back then, um, I remember seeing uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi be the Blues Brothers on the show, and they just cracked me up, but but they could actually sing, which was kind of amazing yeah. to me. So when this movie came out, you know, it was exciting for me. Like, they're singing stuff like Give Me Some Lovin' and Soul Man, and like and my fourteen year old self had never heard those songs done originally, so to me these are like new blues brother songs, and I was digging them. <laughs> they were good. Yeah, it's I I don't know if that was the very first movie that was based on SNL an SNL skit, mm-hmm. but I know they've I done it, it was. lots and lots of times, and not nearly as successful no, as the Blues no. Brothers. There's been some bad ones out oh, there. Speaking these. of which, I was watching Superstar the other day. Oh. Not watching it. It happened to be on, and I'm like, huh, about five minutes in, it was off. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> um, I... Also, like if, if you're a fan of like the early '60s Motown sound, bluesy stuff, Aretha Franklin makes an appearance. Ray Charles does, and there's some other musicians throughout uh, that are escaping me at the top of my head. But yeah, check that out. Good soundtrack. Oh yeah, that, I agree with the notes here. Awesome soundtrack for sure. They had both kinds of music, country and western. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So, any other thoughts on the Blues Brothers? Okay, now we'll get through the rest of them. Uh, Stir Crazy? Stir Crazy I liked. Was that was that the first one those two had been together? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Richard Pryor I, and um, Gene Wilder. Yeah. Yep. Because I know there's some more movies on this list with those two. And mm-hmm. I like Stir Crazy. Um, but, I mean, I like... I think they just got better as they yeah. acted more together and stuff like that. So... Yeah, it's good, but I I think a couple of other ones I like a lot better. Yeah. Uh, next is Private Benjamin. Uh, Goldie Hawn, she um, her husband dies of a heart attack on the honeymoon, and she's very distraught. Joins the army. This movie used to be on the Movie Channel 
all the time. Mm. A lot of these movies here, if you hear me referencing the movie channel, it's because that's where I saw a lot of these movies for the first time. Because, you know, I, I would go to the th- movie theater to see movies once in a while. Like if it's, you know, something big, like, you know, when Superman came out or uh, when, um, uh, yeah, some other movies I can't think of right now. But so a lot of them I'm watching, uh, watching them that way. So, yeah, that was a good one. I don't know that I ever saw Private Benjamin. I, yeah, I, it's I not know bad. of it, but yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen it. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next one, nine to five. Uh, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I saw it back way back in the day. Uh, um, I've never seen it. Diana actually likes this movie, but um, it's just never worked its way into one of the. Because, top movies I needed to go see because so. you won't let her watch it around you. <laughs> so. so basically, Dabney Coleman plays the boss, and Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Do- and Dolly Parton play you know his you know women in the secretary pool or whatever. And he's like a egotistic, sexist thing. Spoiler alert: They kidnap him and hold him hostage in an office, and you know shenanigans. And take soon. over, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's not not as terrible as it probably sounds. <laughs> but uh, the the movie Nine to Five or the the song Nine to Five went to number nine, number eight overall for the year of nineteen eighty one. So it went to number one on the country and the pop charts. Right. Even though it is a terrible song, <laughs> it, is. It, it it did have its successor. Yeah. Let's take the next couple. Smokey and the Bandit Two. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a lot of those movies. I've, kind of seem cannibal. I've, I've seen I've seen all the Smoking the Bandits, but which just makes me wonder what year was the first one? Was it seventy eight? Was nineteen seventy eight? Yes. You know, that's one of those things where to me they tried to outdo the first one. I thought the first one was the best. Oh yeah, uh, but I've I've seen that when I saw the third one. Yeah, um, but really. It's almost like they didn't really try to do anything. No, do anything it's, like, it's like they, they did it for their introduce own a new humor. model Trans Am. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you guys would have been the son of Benny Fott, mm. you would have seen all of these. Oh, really? All of these redneck hillbilly movies from the seventies and eighties. We saw them all, like mm. like any which way but loose, or any all this stuff, like. A lot of the B movies that I can't even remember. But whenever there was like a movie, and my dad was never a trucker, but he, that kind of humor was his favorite. Right. So any any time that those movies would come out, those CB radio type truck movies, we would see them usually at the drive-ins. Yeah, mm-hmm. my uh, you know, and it's funny, but that brought up a memory. It's like you know, I had a fold, a school folder that had like all the. CB sayings and stuff like that, and my sister and I had walkie talkies, and we we're like talking to truckers and stuff like that. And oh, neat! I mean, just you know, being silly, but I mean, that was a kind of you know that movie kind of was what brought that to the forefront for us. It's like you know, because no other movies are are they talking? They're legitimizing who we are. <laughs> yeah, nice. The gods must be crazy. I did not see that one. Me neither. Never seen it. Next. <laughs> Any which way you can. My dad was a big fan, just and you know, Clint and Eastwood. I love Clint Eastwood. Yeah. You know, I do love Clint Eastwood, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not with you. 
I don't think orangutans it's, it's, are very good actors. No, it, it's kind of if they, <laughs> they're overrated. <laughs> you know, don't sell them short. Uh, I think it falls into that category with Smoking the Bandit. Right. You know, it's you know that that whole subgenre of. And was it was it based on the song any which way but loose? I mean, uh, it almost feels like it was. Was I think there was I a th- movie called Any Which Way But Loose, and this was the follow up. Any was which it? way you can, okay. I think. Yeah, I th- I think it's the other way around. I think the song was before the movie, like maybe by a year or two. Okay. So we'll have to we'll have to have our fact yeah, checkers I, check. I hate that country out. music, but I had to listen to it all the time because that's what my dad would listen to. So my <laughs> yes. dad's. I will say this: my dad probably enjoyed the heck out of that movie. <laughs> So, do you remember the first time you saw it, or where you saw it? Uh, no, <laughs> but actually, mostly, most likely at the drive drive-in. Nice. When I was a kid, I mean, I, we didn't have cable, so if we saw a movie, it was we had the there's the cinema in Circleville, but, but back then Circleville also had a drive-in, so that's where we would see them. Nice. And um, to to check everything, they 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 came out together. So, oh, okay. 1978. Okay. The chicken did not come before the egg. <laughs> and the last, uh, the last movie here for 1980 was uh, Cheech and Chong's next movie. So I probably saw this, and I've seen some other Cheech and Chong, but I couldn't tell you the what the plot was for the different Cheech and Chong not movie. Really. Right. Um, I think this was the one where they smoked pot. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, if you guys don't remember, Cheech and Chong were pretty big, mostly in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, they were known for, you know, just being high all the time. Um, that's kind of, was their thing, being high and talking about it. So, they they did a series of comedy records before they did movies, which is how they ended up getting a movie deal, because their comedy records sold so well, and some genius record, record executive in the 70s, like, Let's have these guys do a movie. And they were successful. I mean, this one here grossed forty-one million dollars. Yeah. Which in eighties money is like ten point right. seven billion today. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was that was something else. All right, so we're gonna move on to nineteen eighty one now. So we're all dog faces. We're all very, very different, but there is one thing that we all have in common. We were all stupid enough to enlist in the army. We're mutants. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. Something seriously wrong with us. We're soldiers. But we're American soldiers. Bill Murray and John Candy was just also just off the charts funny to me. Just his face, his facial expressions and everything else. <laughs> regardless of what role he's playing. Um, but yeah, I, I like to, you know, that's when we first learned about the uh, Aunt Jemima treatment. And, yes. Um, but the, you know, it almost seemed like Bill Murray that was like Carl Spackler trying to sober up. Trying to be in the Army. <laughs> yeah, trying to be yes. in the Army. <laughs> so here's a fun fact. Uh, P.J. Souls, who played the love interest for Bill Murray, that originally was offered to Kim Basinger. And really? she turned it down because she wanted too much money. Hmm. No, the more you know. Yeah. Um, it was originally written as a Cheech and Chong movie, believe it or not. Yeah, that's, was it? I did right. not know that. No. <laughs> the deal breaker was that Cheech and Chong wanted full creative control. So imagine, if you will, uh, Tommy Chong making out with Kim Basinger. <laughs> yeah, that's, 
Yeah. It might have been another reason why she declined the role. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I got to make out with who? <laughs> so, so Ivan, Ivan Reitman was the director, and he decided instead to go with Bill Murray. And Bill Murray would not do it unless Harold Ramis did it also. Now, Harold Ramis at this point was not known for his acting. Like, he was not an actor, but he did it. And I thought he was a good compliment to to Bill Murray in this movie. And, you know, and most of Bill Murray's lines were improvised. Yeah. That's not surprising. Yeah. I, I do like Harold Ramis, actually, whatever he's in. I mean, he's kind of plays that straight-laced guy pretty well. But He did until he I think died. He's got a, I think he's got a good... Just a good sense of, you can tell he's got a good sense of humor and just a good timing. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to take the next one? Uh, Porky's. So this is one that, uh, when it came out, I wasn't allowed to go to the movies yet. This came out in 81. My first movie was 82. Everybody at school was talking about this movie and how hilarious it was. And it was several years later, once VCRs came out, that I went and got it and watched it and I thought, that really wasn't that good of a movie. <laughs> um, I understood why people thought it was funny because it was pretty brash, and so mm-hmm. for for high schoolers that was pretty. But um, I, we, I don't know that Diana had ever seen it, so we watched it a few months ago, and I don't remember her laughing. Why would out, you do but, that to her? <laughs> well, yeah, I must have been mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think afterwards she's like, "Yeah, that wasn't that good," and we decided not to watch Porky's two or three or whatever they. I think there were five or six total. Were were there really? Yeah. There was like Porky's Revenge and Porky's the Next Day and Porky's Last Stand. Yeah. (laughs) So, one of the things about this movie is it was an unexpected hit. Like, it just kind of came out of nowhere and no names, no no named, no no one you'd ever heard of. Right. 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 Yeah. I remember when I saw it, I'm like, because I'm kind of like Kevin, I probably saw it. Years after it came out, yeah. I'm like, who are these guys? Yeah, what are these guys doing? Yeah. Uh, again, I never saw it in a theater either. I heard everybody talk about it at school and stuff. And I believe I saw it for the first time on the movie channel. I was I was like you. I'm like, I, I don't know why this is so fun. Like, I liked it okay. It was it was funny. Expectations have been yeah, built it's like too high. They, they built this up like this is funnier than Airplane. It's like, no, it wasn't. No, no it wasn't. Not even close. Mm, crazy. Uh, the number three movie there is Arthur. Um, yeah, I watched this for the very first time about six months ago. Hmm. <laughs> now I knew the song, the theme song from Christopher Cross. Yeah, which uh, you know, I, I, I've never. Have you ever seen this? I've, I've never no. seen this. Uh, I know this was Art and Cynthia's first date, the very first date they went on. They went to see Arthur, but. Which That's you should a, have known he was kind of a narcissist at that point. Right, exactly. Right. Let's go see this movie with my name in it. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Don't kill me. <laughs> but yeah, Dudley Moore, Liza Minnelli, plays a rich guy, and he's fixed to be married, and he didn't want to marry this snobby rich chick. Ends up marrying Liza Minnelli. Which, what kind of desperation do you have in your life when she is the one that you're going to spend the rest right. of your life with? And what kind of reality is that, that she's not a snobby rich kid? Yeah. <laughs> rich girl. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I, I then watched two and three after them. Oh, there was more I, than I one? I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, the first one wasn't terrible. I so didn't know there was It was a, watchable. I know there was a remake. It was Arthur with, Two on the Rocks. Are you getting paid to do this? Maybe it was just two. <laughs> well, I, I like I like to be, you know, I've got my subject matter here. Right. I kind of like to be a little. I, I appreciate that, Rob. Yeah, thanks. 
<laughs> but but, for you, but there was buddy. definitely a second. I don't remember if there was a third because they all kind of run together. Yeah. For me. But yeah, yeah, they did remake it in um, probably about ten years ago. It was Jonah Hill and Russell Brand. Russell Brand played the part of Arthur, and I heard it was kind of stupid. I'm like, well, you're comparing it to the first one. <laughs> Yeah, some things I mean, shouldn't be remade. Yeah, first of all. yeah, exactly. Well, maybe they thought we can get it right this time. Yeah. yeah. So, next one. I'll let Kevin take nice dreams because I just you know we talked about it a little earlier today, and <laughs> that's the only. In fact, this one in the next movie, I can think of just one line from each movie that you know that uh, makes me laugh. Yeah. So, nice dreams. Another Cheech and Chong movie. This is definitely one that had something to do with pot. Uh, <laughs> uh, in this one, they're they're putting in an ice cream or something. So nice dreams turns into ice cream or something like that on the on the cover of the yes. movie poster or whatever. Um, but yeah, I do remember we'd seen this back when we lived in an apartment in '88. It was like you know being rerun, and, and we saw it, and, and there was some funny moments in yeah. it. But it was almost like. Um, Again, just like a bunch of broken up little clips, and then they put it all together to make a movie, and the plot's pretty thin. And <laughs> well, you think about it, like they're, they're making this ice cream with weed in it, and could you imagine like kids going up and getting high from the ice cream? Like, how would that play out today? Oh, right, glorifying drug use. Right. Oh, not with these precious children. Right. Give them, give them some credit, guys. <laughs> uh, okay, next. So, the history of the world, part one. I mean, obviously, Mel Brooks is a pretty funny guy. Um, I just remember, I give you the 15, and then the tablet drops, 10 commandments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. that, that's like the only thing that I actually can really, truly remember. It's, I wouldn't call it one of Mel Brooks' best, in my opinion, because he's got a few others that I really enjoy. I, I don't know if... They called it History of the World Part 1 because they were so confident it was going to be good enough to have a Part 2, but this was it. I do remember there was a part where I don't know, someone like in, in a, like someone in like Greek clothing or whatever walks by with a boombox and is playing a funky town, which that was kind of yeah. like the humor of that movie. Right, yeah. Um, that, and, you know, there's a couple funny moments, but overall it was not a, not a good movie. It was no Blazing Saddles. Exactly. No. Um... So the next one here, these guys said they had never seen this one. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, the Incredible Shrinking Woman. So Lily Tomlin plays a lady that, uh, again, she shrinks. Spoiler alert. Uh, it's all because of like a mixture of chemicals, like cleaning chemicals and food chemicals and whatever, that made her kind of shrink down. Like, honey, I shrunk the kids, but it's just one lady. And uh, the only thing I can really remember about this song is uh, one of the products that kind of, the chemicals of one of the products was Galaxy Glue. And, and like the commercial would drive her crazy. So it, it kind of sounded like this. Galaxy Glue, Galaxy Glue, what would we do without Galaxy Glue? So that song played different times throughout the movie, and actually the ending credits was a full song with like three choruses and verses. It's like 
Holy crap. Three minutes long. <laughs> so, of course, uh, I'm sitting there, like, listening to the whole thing. And I completely had forgotten about it until we're going through this movie list. And I saw that on there. My first thought, couldn't remember hardly anything in the movie other than Lily Tomlin was in it, was Galaxy Blue. Hit me immediately. <laughs> and, of course, it was out there somewhere on the web that I could find it. So... There it is. So that, that kind of does it for 1981. We'll go straight to 1982. I'm starting off this one because this is one of my all-time favorite movies, bar none. My brother's going to kill us. He's going to kill us. He's going to kill you and he's going to kill me. He's going to kill us. Hey, man, just be glad I had fast reflexes. Relax. All right? My old man is a television repairman. He's got this ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. You can't fix this car, Smokali. I can fix it. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This movie does a, the best job of any movie during the time period. It captures the spirit of the 80s. Uh, the fashions are true to the times. The backdrop of a high school fast food joints, shopping malls. And the soundtrack mm. is awesome. Uh, we're introduced to Sean Penn, uh, Phoebe Cates. I think she made an appearance in this movie. <laughs> Maybe. A couple know. of them. <laughs> A couple of them, yeah. pair, pair of um, of appearances she, she had there. But, yeah, that this this movie, you know, it, it's 80s. That's it. What do you guys think? I think it, yeah, I think it really, you said captures the spirit of the 80s. And I think it you know, really captured that high school time. I mean, not my high school experience at all, but. No. You know, but uh, it definitely, you know, it definitely felt like you could be watching some kind of 80s documentary. Yeah. I mean, really. Pretty much. Um, you know, the, you had the, the groups, the cliques at school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were definitely true at my school for sure yeah we just didn't have phoebe cates at my school no we didn't (laughs) um what was yeah i mean it's you're right exactly right it captured it so well the 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 kind of jobs that they had you know working at the movie theater working at a restaurant scalping tickets Uh, yeah um, everybody knew these characters at school right Right. you had you know the 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 the, right the stoner guys or just just you just tell her just not quite there and uh, uh just didn't care about school. Um, the problems that they were dealing with, you know, with with boyfriend girlfriend relationship stuff. And I think the reason it captured it so well is because Cameron Crowe, who wrote this, mm-hmm. um, went undercover in a high school in San Diego. So he actually got to go there, and he poses a student, and he poses a student, mm-hmm. and he got to kind of capture this, and and then wrote a, a short story called. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It was at Claremont High or whatever. but um, And then that got turned into a movie. So he, the stuff he captured in this book, they just turned into a movie. But these were the kind of characters he was seeing at the time. So oh, they were yeah. real people, not caricatures of people. Right. So. And I'm sure you guys will know this, so I'm not going to surprise you with this, but you were also introduced kind of to Anthony Edwards, who we'll be talking about later. Yes. As well <laughs> he was as, one of Spicoli's stoner buddies. As was Eric Stoltz. Yeah, and yeah, then uh, Nicholas sure. Cage had an. He's he is not even listed in the movie credits, um, of this movie. Like he he was known as Nicholas Coppola. Cop Coppola, like oh, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Coppola. 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 Yeah. Coppola. Coppola. Um, I, maybe he is mentioned. I don't. I don't know. But, but he, he doesn't have any he, line. He does not have a line. All um, he does is look up from the yeah, from, from, from the, the fries. An, an All American burger. He looks up. 
about the time that Brad's getting fired. So I, I, I tell you what, I could I could watch this movie a thousand times. I probably have watched yeah, it a thousand times. I could go home and watch it tonight. Yeah. Um, Forrest Whitaker's in it. He's the the big star football yes. player. Right. Yes. And uh, so Sean Penn. Nicholas Cage, Forrest Whitaker, they all go on to win Academy Awards later, and this is kind of like their their first yeah. big role. So. Well, I mean, Jennifer Jason Lee is in this, and I mean, she she is a, a great actress. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she doesn't do as much stuff now, but she did that that movie, uh, The Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. with Kurt Russell. I did she, see that. she did an yeah. outstanding job. So yeah. she, I mean, she, there's a lot of talent here, and and these. These were all unknowns before this. Oh, yeah. So that that movie launched a bunch of careers. Whoever played Damone is still unknown. Yes, and Rat. <laughs> yes, like two Mark Ratner, the the, the two two yeah. two of. Right. Well, the the funny thing about this movie thought, is is it's, it's all broken into but, different yeah. little stories that kind of end up coming together. Right. So, but yeah, it's that's a great movie. Uh, the soundtrack they originally wanted to have like. Um, commercially successful songs at the time and they were not able to because of the expense you know like they wanted to have like like one of the big songs I like Jack for Brown. a scene I do too um what they had um like like Jesse's girl was one they wanted to use like it was way too expensive for him to use this had been a, a recent chart hit right it's like you're gonna pay if you want this one so what happened was Cameron Crow who ended up married to nancy wilson um she she had her friends so jackson brown was a good friend oh. he wrote somebody's baby for yeah. the movie and did it like don henley i didn't know that contributed wrote a song okay. yeah it was nice. a throwaway song that he never put on any of his albums hmm. called love rules yeah. which is a, a great song um and, and it it's honestly better than a lot of songs that he did release as singles uh there are other bands on there too just that no one had ever heard of and haven't heard of since, but Stevie Nicks is another one that was on there. So, yeah, that's uh. So until the day I didn't know that Nancy Wilson was married to Cameron Crowe, mm-hmm. and until today I didn't know Nancy Wilson is the one that the laughs at at uh, Brad when he's dressed he's up as a pirate outfit. Oh, really? I didn't know that, that was her. Yeah. So, yeah. so she is a cute blonde in the convertible. He's kind of flirting with her, and then she starts laughing. He's like, <laughs> yeah, "Look at this ridiculous outfit!" He's like throwing it out the window. Stuff and he thinks she's into her, but yeah. then he realizes he's got that stupid hat. Yeah. So yeah, Amazing. I did not know that that was her. I just, Me neither. Yeah. Um, no, I want to go and watch it. <laughs> so what? What is? What is the funniest scene to you in this movie? Oh boy! Um, There's so many. Yeah, let me, let me think here for a second. Um, would it have to be something with Spicoli? Um, but I'm trying to say which one. <laughs> I I know what mine. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear yours. No, with Spicoli when uh, he pulls up when they wreck the car. He's like, "My dad's a TV repairman. He's got a killer <laughs> set of tools." We can fix it. That car is total. Yeah. Yes. And then they park it in the front lawn of the school, and it says that, like, Lincoln Rules or something yeah, on it. Yeah, the, the team that they were going to play that Friday. And so, so Forrest Whitaker's character, whose name's kind of escaping me right now, but he just goes off and has a career night, just thinking that these are the guys that trashed his car. And then uh, Spicoli and, and his little brother just kind of, you know, fist-bumping her. Yeah, I liked the uh, Spicoli when they had his little uh, scene, you know, at home with Mister Hand when Mister <laughs> Hand paid him a visit. Yes, I enjoyed that whole that whole scene with them. When he has the pizza delivered, um, pizza guy. 
And even just the first day of class when he's walking in and he's trying to find his class, he's got like a bagel stuffed in his <laughs> shorts. His he's shirt's unbuttoned. for some reason. And yeah. I wonder why, yeah. And uh, just just everything he did in that movie was hilarious. Yes. And, and I'll see him in, in like, he's like such a serious actor now. I'm like, mm, you peaked it fast. I'm just reaching my eye as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I know they, during the pandemic, they had a recent table reading with a bunch of different celebrities. That was hilarious. Did, I haven't seen it. I keep, oh, I keep meaning to. And yeah, Morgan Freeman, he's narrating a lot of oh. stuff. Oh, no. Because it's not, yeah, it's not as long as the movie. Yeah. And he's narrating the time with, you know, with Hamlet when was Brad in, yeah. the, in the bathroom when Phoebe Cates came out of the pool. He's like, yeah. the, Morgan Freeman is describing that scene <laughs> and what they are doing. It is hilarious. <laughs> Where is this? I saw it on Facebook, but uh, yeah, I bet if you I, go out to yeah. YouTube, you okay. can find I've it. I've got to see this. Yeah, um, but they have, but they have different. They don't, and they don't have a. I mean, I think Sean, Sean Penn's Sean the only Penn is the, the only movie. person from the movie in this Zoom call. He but, actually called in. But yeah, yeah like yeah, the, well, I think he, I think he helped put it together. Yeah, he now did. he's the one I would think would want to distance himself. Yeah, yeah no. that's kind of surprising. Uh, he's finally come like to Brad, terms with he's Brad Pitt and uh, you know Jennifer Aniston and Joey Roberts um, is in it. Shia, in fact, Shia LaBeouf, I think, is who played Spicoli's character. No kidding. Yeah, that's funny. He huh. was and, and and he's kind of true to form it, almost annoyingly so. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you should, it, I'd say give it a view. It's it, yeah, it's I not maybe forty five minutes. Maybe I'll have to mm. check it out for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm such a fan of the movie. Yeah. I, I need to. All right. Wow, we've talked a lot about fast times. Well, it is one of the best of the. We 80s. could probably spend. We could probably do an entire podcast on that, <laughs> on that movie. That's great. So, uh, number two, who wants to take? It? I'll take Airplane Two. Um, sorry about that. Um, yeah. So, honestly, I th- you know a lot of times we talk how some sequels are just you know just eh, mm-hmm. phoned in or you know trying. I mean, and obviously it's the same formula, but. I still find Airplane 2 almost as funny as Airplane 1. I mean, they add a few different characters with William Shatner at the end. I mean, who just, I think he's great. Um, and especially what he was doing in Airplane 2. Um, but yeah, I just thought Airplane 2 itself was funny, mm-hmm. even if you didn't see Airplane. Yeah. You didn't, you know, it really, you didn't need to see Airplane, right. the first one. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like Rocky. It helped have some context. It helped have some context, but yeah. But really, it was, I think it was just as funny than, you know. It was uh, still on an airplane, except this time it was like a space shuttle or something. Yeah, it was a space yeah. shuttle, and you know, so yeah. I mean, they took the the level of ridiculousness up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but still. But that's what that those types of movies are for. If you like yeah. that kind of humor, yeah. it was and perfect. Yeah, I I, li- I enjoyed it. I watch it. As much as I watch Airplane. Really? Yeah. Kevin, you want to take the next one there? Um, Night Shift with uh, Michael Keaton, Henry Winkler, and Shelley Long. So yeah. I think I've seen this, but it's been a long time. Um, they were running a prostitution ring or something? Is that what, <laughs> yeah, that what it was? Yeah, out of the... Yeah, out of the mortuary. I think Henry Winkler works there, and then Michael right. Keaton tries to talk him. You know, like Shelley Long's a prostitute, yeah. and he tries to talk Henry Winkler into like, "Hey, after hours, this could be like a brothel." Right. And they kind of convince him to do it, and they're making a bunch of money. And yeah. and it's funny because I, you know, I, I I have seen it, but I 
probably not for quite some time. It's been a while. Um, but it's funny to think about Henry Winkler. Um, you know, I think Michael Keaton's funny. I mean, I like some of the, you know a lot of his other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's always a good pairing. I think I think Henry Winkler is actually a really good actor. He is, and you know, he probably doesn't get as much credit maybe for the roles he chooses. Maybe, but yeah, um, he's a good actor, and I thought he was really good in that. It was just funny. It was it was kind of cool to see him. Not as the Fonz. Yeah. Because you know? that's really all we had seen right. prior to this right. was, hey, it's the Fonz. Yeah. Um, 48 Hours. Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy. It's a buddy film. Um, Nick Nolte plays a detective, and uh, Eddie Murphy's character is out on... He gets out to be able to, for 48 hours, help him solve, solve a case... And this is Eddie Murphy's first feature film. So if you guys can remember way back when, Eddie Murphy was the hottest young comedian mm-hmm. of the time. Like everything he did just about turned to gold. And it started, well, on SNL, of course, but in movies, it started here. And he proved that, yeah, he was definitely worthy of like box office success. Mm-hmm. Is this the one where he was singing Roxanne? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I have seen it and, you know, I... I what I recall, I I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I'm not. A, I wouldn't say I'm the hugest Nick Nolte fan. So, no, not really. Um, but, but playing yeah. that like, part like, of like a lot of guys, a lot it. of guys could do what Nick Nolte. Did. Right. Yeah. Right. But not a lot of people could do it. Eddie Murphy no. did. That movie. At that time, nobody could because like he was he right. was very uh, um, his his humor was a little more cutting edge than we had seen prior to that. Like he was. Like the baton was passed to Eddie Murphy from like mm-hmm. Richard Pryor, as far as I can be irreverent and funny at the same time. So, good stuff. That next one there is <laughs> the highest-grossing comedy of 1982. And what do you think it was because of the because of Dustin Hoffman? Probably. I, I mean, I would say I would say yeah. I mean, Jessica Lange was a big name. Yeah. I wouldn't say Terry Gar. Terry Gar was a yeah, she yeah she was a star. People knew yeah. her, but she wasn't like right. carrying movies. Right. Um, so Tootsie yeah. was it's a story of Michael Dorsey, an unsuccessful actor, disguises himself as a woman in order to get a role on a trashy hospital soap opera. So a general hospital type right show. As men dressed up as women go, mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman was probably not one of the better ones. <laughs> no, that was I mean. I that was probably the biggest stretch. Not that he dressed up as a woman to get a job, but that someone was actually attracted to him, right? And was chasing after him. It's like he right. did not look good as a no, he <laughs> woman. Did not. He yeah. did not. And the the funny th- to me, the funny thing is like the song "It Might Be You" by Stephen Bishop was in this movie. Uh-huh. And when you think Arthur, and you think you know this song here, mm-hmm. it's like. Those two don't go well with comedies. Like, how are these, like, big, like, how do these songs fit in here? It's just crazy stuff. So, yeah, it's weird stuff. And uh, who wants to take the last uh, song? I didn't didn't see the toy. I didn't either. Me neither. Okay. 1983. (laughs) Crack open those sandwiches I got at the gas station. I'm so hungry I can eat a sandwich from a gas station. (laughs) There's one for everyone. Oh, Audrey, wake up, Aunt Edna. It's time for her to eat and take her pill. Please get off me. Ma, 
Mom, tell Audrey to quit pushing on Edna on me. I'm sick of her lying on me all the time. Be quiet. Addie. Honey, it's only a few hours to Phoenix. Let her be. She's fine. She's not fine. She's fine. Don't be silly. She's not fine, Clark. She's dead. <laughs> she breathed on me. A dead person breathed. Oh, her hand cracked me. She's deaf already. Oh. Uh, vacation. Go ahead. Are you gonna do it? You do it. Man. All right. That that's gonna be a. There's gonna be a debate about that one internally for me once we get to our Mount Rushmore as well. I. Um, I think the, as you know, with movies with sequels, obviously Christmas Vacation is stands on its own. But I think the first Vacation to me is the best one, even today. We've had um, that debate on here before. Like, which is better? No, I mean, and you know, and and actually, both. I mean, honestly, let's let's throw out European vacations. <laughs> like, honestly, in Vegas that, vacation. Yes. Um, the rants that Chevy Chase has in both of these movies <laughs> are, are just classic, but I just can't, I, I quote this a lot and, uh, sadly, not to, my mom wouldn't like that, but, um, you know, when, when Russ puts his hand on the shoulder when they're talking about turning around and going back and not, you know, pressing forward, what do you think, dad? I think you're all beep in the head <laughs> and I'm like... It's like wow! I just you know what a what a great moment as a father to be able to just pull that off and you know let your kids know what you think about their opinions sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I've never done that with my kids, but there were times when I kind of wanted to. But, I mean, I just think that rant you know again it, it rivals the one in Christmas Vacation, but mm-hmm. I just that rant alone just does it for me, and just the introduction of Eddie and. Um, and I just think Anthony Michael Hall as Russ. He was he was he my was favorite. Best he was my favorite Russ. Yes, you know I would. You know, they, had, her, they had some good talks about the it, pool in the desert. Yeah, you know. if it was him and Juliet Lewis, if if she was Audrey the whole time, I think those are the two best ones. I agree. I agree. So yeah, yeah I just uh, so that's a that's going to be a. It's a tough one to beat. Yeah, John Candy at Wally World. Yes, yeah. that was great. That that scene where they pull in and they take like the last spot so they can be the first ones to leave. There's been so many times I've pulled into a parking lot and I've said that I said we're going to park right here and be the first ones out. Of course, I don't end up parking there, but I reference that all the time. Or, or we'll we'll pull yeah. in somewhere and if, if the parking lot's empty, I'm like, well, let's just park way back here, like, as if it's going to fill up over right. time. Just as, oh, and then you so run funny. in and chariots of fires. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Well, I have said that to my kids. It's like, why are we parking back here? Because we're the Griswolds. <laughs> That's what we do. Okay. Uh, number two. We're getting, into some good, we're getting into some good movies here. Yeah. Trading Places. Uh, this is a classic. I I love this movie. Uh, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, um, a snobbish investor and a Wiley Street con artist find their positions reversed as part of a bet by two callous millionaires. This movie, I could watch. I mean, this has not. This has aged well. I this watch is, it whenever it's on. Yeah. If, it's, if yeah. I if I'm sitting there and it, you know wherever it's at in the movie, I watch it. And wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis looking good? In this she movie? was fantastic. She was. Yep. One of my one of the funniest moments to me is was like a very understated moment, but it's when 
they've decided that the two older guys have decided they're going to switch them. And so they're trying to explain the business to Eddie Murphy's character. Mm-hmm. And they're explaining to him what they Bill do. Bill Ray Valentine? And they're talking about the... Yeah. <laughs> they're talking about uh, the bacon and lettuce and tomato, which you might find on a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. <laughs> and Eddie Murphy is looking up at him, and then he just looks dead at the camera like, these guys think I'm an idiot. And then... The scene just goes on, but it just cracks me up. Like, he's just looking right at you like, can you believe these guys? And it makes you wonder, just because of of his humor and, and you know, he's he's a comedic genius. Yeah. Let's make no mistake. Did did he do that on his own, or was he directed to do it? Right. That? I want to think he did it on his own. I would be surprised if he did it on his own, yeah. I quote it around Christmas time every year. Merry New Year! <laughs> yeah, I do too. In fact, I'll send memes out that'll have him in his, you know, whatever get up that is. That's funny. Uh, number three, Easy Money. I can't I, believe I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that dollar figure because I, uh, you know, my buddy Craig, it's, yeah. it's one of his favorite movies. Well, so we watch it a good bit. Mm-hmm. Joe Pesci is in it. Um, or no. Is it? Yeah, he's in uh, I can't remember if it was him or not. I can't remember. Or was it Joe Pesci-like character? I, I will so say this about Easy Money. Money. I don't know if I've ever actually watched it. Nah, he was, yeah, he, it was Joe Pesci. Joe, Joe Pesci was his friend. Okay. And they're, you know... <laughs> just some of, some, some of their interactions are uh, pretty funny, but... Um, yeah, because doesn't he have like a yeah inherit his mother in law's fortune? Mm-hmm. But he had to you know, be like on the straight yeah. and narrow for like a certain amount of time. Yeah, and I think that the his last line in the movie is something like you know for years I'd you know what do you, what do you say he was I ended up or I wouldn't kiss my mother in law's face I ended up kissing her ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think and, I saw yeah, that. Yes, it, it is Joe Pesci. I would definitely uh, recommend it, Rob, if you haven't seen it. It's actually, there's some really good lines. Um, I'll have to check really it good out. scenes. Yeah, they only um, brought in $29 million, which you know, wasn't a box office success, but yeah. I think it's funny. And, and it's Rodney Dangerfield, so it's... Yeah, Joe Pesci's got, he, it's like a bit part for him, really, but they're, I don't know if they're like haters or what, but they're he's delivering a wedding cake or whatever, and they're, but they're, I don't know if they got the munchies or whatever, but they're really hungry and, and you know... There's a there's a, there's a there's a there's a bride and groom thing on the top of this wedding cake that they're trying to deliver, you know, and and, and Joe Pesci's like, you know, just just let me lick the bride, and <laughs> they're getting ready for Rodney's daughter's wedding. He's like, that's my daughter. It's a little plastic thing, <laughs> you know. He says it, but he says it very Joe Pesci like, <laughs> you know. <it's> like, <laughs> I would definitely recommend it because, uh, yeah, and actually Jennifer Jason Lee is his daughter. Okay. Oh. Nice. Um, next one, Kevin. You want to take that one, Mr. Mom, uh, with uh, Michael Keaton and Terry Gar. Um, and so I think they end up switching roles. She starts working and he starts staying at home. Yeah. Which the famous line that we hear on QFM every morning at <laughs> yeah. seven a.m. I believe or six o'clock, yeah. six six a.m. Want a beer? Six in the morning. Scotch. Scotch? <laughs> yes. I like the other. Yeah. So two twenty, two twenty one, whatever it takes. <laughs> So yeah, that that's a that's a good movie. Uh, I haven't watched it in years. I probably need to watch, rewatch that one again. Um, Michael Keaton. I like just about everything he's in. So should, should be good. Next one, a Christmas story. Dean's shaking. You're shaking your head. I, I can't even 
think of what it is. I'd... Ralphie, you should try. Oh, out. that one. Oh, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> See, so some of these are are over the top and spoof type. This is more of a subdued comedy, I would say. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's more of a, a nostalgic look back of, you know, the issues he had with his dad, you know, mm-hmm. always tiptoeing around your dad. You, know, right, you probably right, understand right. that, right, yeah. Dean? Now, want to take your dad off? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I can see the humor. I mean, it's something I watch every Christmas. Yes. Well, yeah, but... because it's on TBS for well, 24 hours. Can't help it. Yeah. Yes, you can't escape it. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself for not even thinking about what it was. Because I'm like, when you said that, I'm like, oh, it's that movie. <laughs> so, you yeah, know, the guy that plays the dad actually... I like all of his Darren lines, Gavin. and honestly, but my favorite scene is at the very end when they're at the uh, the Chinese the restaurant. Chinese restaurant yes. that was just hilarious. <laughs> it's 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 staring at me. <laughs> he chops it off. She's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, me and my daughter Kayla, we did the uh, Christmas episode, and we talked about Christmas movies of the eighties, and and I think uh, this was like number one or two. Uh, Again, great movie, um, very nostalgic, and it's something I do look forward to every year. But when I watch it, I watch it on my own terms because you know I own it. So right, um, I will watch it when I'm ready, <laughs> and then when it's off, I don't watch it again for another year, right. as it should be. So next, so I put this on a list because it technically was in the theaters. Eddie Murphy Delirious, so it's just him doing a stand-up comedy, but it was. In the, at the movie theater, so yeah. uh, I never saw it at the movie theater. I listened to it later when it came out on a cassette. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in my room listening to it when mom walked in. Those are back in the days when your parents <laughs> would just walk in your room even though the door's closed. And she's like, "What did he just say?" I'm thinking, "Well, at any point you could have came in, I would have gotten in trouble." So, so I had to turn it off. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I did see this in the movie theater. Uh, saw it at the Southland movie theater. Hmm. The place was packed. Uh, it was hilarious, mm-hmm. and uh, gosh, again, the guy could do no wrong back then. Like this movie, uh, I had the, I also had the cassette. Yeah, and well, I hope so because I believe if you saw it in the theater, you probably missed a lot of it because people are laughing, constantly laughing. Yeah, you you, you miss stuff. I mean, you yeah. you miss stuff when you're at a live comedy show. Yeah, sometimes. oh yeah. So, see, so, yeah, it's probably good that you can be able to watch it again. Yes, Dean, you want to take that next one there? Uh. Monty Python's me in life, so you're going to be really disappointed in me. Um, and it's not that I'm not a fan, but I just really, I haven't really seen all the Monty Pythons. I'm not disappointed so, at all. I have not seen this. I've not seen Holy Grail. I've not seen Life of Brian. Um, I've seen like just scenes that yeah. people that people might quote or send me a snippet of on YouTube or something. That is amazing because um, we are all in exactly the same boat. All these people are like, oh, Monty Python, blah blah blah, British comedy. Well, that's just <laughs> like, it. Yeah. Like, okay, you know, people say, well, you just don't get it. Like, I get it. It's just not that funny. Like, you know, I I want to yeah. see. I want to see, you know, Spicoli and Mr. Hand squaring off in his bedroom. <laughs> I want to see Pizza Guy come to the door. Right. I don't want to hear these British people talking all British and trying to think they're fine. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. I mean, the, the clips I've know, seen hate didn't yeah. motivate me to go see the rest of it, right? I'm like, well, if that was right. the best clip in a movie and I just saw it, <laughs> I, yeah. I, like, I didn't think it was funny. I like John Cleese. I've seen him in a couple other things. Like, yeah. Yeah. I liked him in Fish Called Eric Idle, too. That was a great movie. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's not like I hate the actors. I just really, 
I just haven't seen them. I mean, yeah, I, you know. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's like, I, and you know what? I am fairly certain that I have seen all of this and I've seen Life of Brian as well. It's just, they just don't resonate with me like, you know, right. a lot of other stuff does. It's just, I just don't find it quite as funny as some people, but yeah, they're allowed to be wrong. But this next one, this Canadian import, eh? is better than any Monty Python movie. <laughs> Strange Brew. So Canada's most famous hosers, Bob and Doug McKenzie, get jobs at Elsinore Brewery, only to learn that something is rotten with the state of it. So they they they, if I can't and I if I can't remember exactly, but it seems like like they shove a a mouse into a beer bottle. And they bring it into the the factory there, trying to sue them. Like, if you don't give us like a million dollars, we're gonna like take this to the press or whatever. And I don't know. They end up getting jobs. I, I can't remember exactly. <laughs> I can't remember exactly how it all shook out. But like, they it seems like robots are involved somehow. I don't know. It's just outrageous. Yeah, honestly, I'm like I'm, the rest of this list on this page. I'm really I'm kind of like, okay. I don't have a lot of experience on. Um, now was this based off of characters they were playing on Second like, City TV? Okay, yes. I, I, so so these were characters they had built, and then he yeah. sipped some of what was happening on SNL with the Blues Brothers. Okay, yeah, was that their only movies? I believe it is. I think it's the only one they did together. But again, they they made their you know they became famous on Second City TV, but they also had comedy albums yeah. similar to Cheech and oh, Chong. I, I like that. So, I like the two together. I like Rick Moranis. Oh yeah. Uh, next, don't know how much of a comedy this is, but it's a great movie. Yeah, it's considered a comedy slash romance, Valley Girl, but it, yeah. it's, I, I don't know, I don't, can't really think of anything right now when you see it, you laugh out loud, you might think, oh, that was kind of f- funny or strange or whatever, but, yeah. now Dinah loves this movie, but I don't know that it's necessarily right. a comedy. It's a good so. movie, great soundtrack, one of the best soundtracks yeah. of the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Men at Work, The Plim Souls, Psychedelic Furs, The Flirts, Modern English. All in this movie, so yeah, great soundtrack. Um, they remade this about it, I want to say a year ago, and it's a musical. Oh, it's a musical, and I'm like, I have no motivation to see that, so not not really feeling that at all. All right, it does it for 1983. Now we are up to 1984. No, you've seen Don't enough of that it. one. This is a top to a, you know, what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to eleven. Look, right across the board, oh. eleven, oh, eleven, and most of eleven, the and then amps go up to ten. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not ten. You see, most most blokes, you know, be playing at ten. You're on ten here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. What we do is, if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? I put it up to eleven. Eleven. Exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to eleven. Kevin. You seem pretty super excited about this movie. We'll let you. We'll let you lead <laughs> off with it. Yeah, I think more so than the both of you. But um, this is Spinal Tap, which is a, a rock mockumentary uh, of of three band members from England who I think are kind of like I don't know if they're in the prime or kind of on the downward slope of their career. 
and Rob Reiner is the one kind of doing this documentary with these guys. And, and the three guys are Michael McKeon, who played Lenny on Vernon Shirley, uh, Christopher Guest, who did the news on SNL, and um, the, the famous scene with, with Martin Short where they want to be synchronized swimmers. <laughs> he's the guy that's teaching them how to, he's the choreographer. That's yeah. got the bald wig on. The, he, he also does the thing with Billy Crystal. Like, you know what really hurts? Oh, yeah, You that's take right. the ball peen hammer and you swing it in your yeah. head. Yeah. And then the last one is Harry Shearer, uh, who does a lot of the voices on The Simpsons. So these are three, like, rockers from, from England. And there's there's some funny things. I, it's, I know it sounds like you two don't, aren't crazy about it, but there's a part in there especially where they're talking about this this soundboard that goes to 11 it's kind of like this famous you know well, this it, this goes to 11 so that's yeah. i don't know if you I, I get like it louder just go to 11 <laughs> right. you know where they usually stop at 10 move it to 11 yeah yeah there's some funny funny scenes in this movie i mean i like it i wouldn't say i love it it's not one that like oh i gotta watch that um, yeah you know it doesn't resonate me with like a lot of these other ones do i like the actors in it though man yeah i love those guys from or christopher gas from saturday night live that's when Saturday Night Live was funny. <laughs> we call those the good old days. Yeah. Uh, the next one, 16 <clears throat> Candles. This one is hilarious. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, Molly Ringwald. Um, it's Molly Ringwald's 16th birthday. Her family forgets about it. Her sister's getting married to the next day. She's got a crush on Jake Ryan. <laughs> But Farmer Ted's got a crush on her, and by the way, Long Duck Dong's a foreign exchange student, uh, and he's getting lucky when Molly Ringwald can't. Right. So does that kind of sum up the movie pretty Absolutely. well? I think it does. Another great soundtrack um, featuring Thompson Twins to the vinyls, and here's an odd pairing, Kaja Gugu and ACDC. Hmm. So what other movie did Kaja Gugu and ACDC also contribute songs to the soundtrack. They're both looking off on the space like, yeah. I should know this. Yeah. Uh, none. Right. <laughs> none. I just thought I'd throw that up there. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> but yeah, um, John Hughes movie, he's using uh, Michael Anthony Michael Hall as well as Molly Ringwald. Um, he used them in several other movies and, uh, you know, just, just good, good teen comedy. Any, anything? I like? enjoyed it actually. I, I mean, I really did. It was, you know, almost kind of hate to say it. it's one of those things where you'd probably make fun of your friends for liking it, but I wouldn't make fun of you because friends, it would be, you know, you could say it's some kind of a chick flick at the same time. But again, Anthony and Michael Hall kind of cracks me up, and um, it, back then. Oh my I gosh, mean, was he like, was so dead on with his character. Yeah, he really, he truly is what made I think made this a comedy. Right. So well, yeah, him and the long, long. Yeah, oh, the well, longer. <laughs> this is another one where one of my favorite parts is something that most people would say that eh, it's kind of like a throwaway moment, but it's when he's in the back seat with with the girl and she's passed out, yeah. and he goes to get his two friends to come out and take a picture of him <laughs> to have proof. And, Which um, one of them is John Cusack? And yeah. one's John Cusack, right? And and that's what's so funny that they're getting ready to take the picture. You know what? Black and white would just capture the moments, and they just take the picture. <laughs> so they take it, and then you see it kind of become developed on the screen, and it's basically half of his face, and that's it. You don't need to draw a picture. His eye is really big. <laughs> Yes. And it it always reminds me of the very first time I went on a flight. I went out to San Diego. It was eighty seven, and I went out to visit a friend of mine. And I apparently didn't plan ahead. And I had to get a haircut when I was out there. 
So I got my hair cut, and I th- I think because I was in California, I got a haircut. This is really cool. So I got in the car and said, hey, take a picture of this. So when I go back, I can show it to people and show them this is the way I want my hair cut. And so he took the picture, and it's where you have to get it developed. So I come right. back home, I get it developed, and it's basically half of my forehead <laughs> down, and you can't see my hair at all. <laughs> and, and, and I I still have that picture. Maybe you should have done it in black and white. Yeah. It would have captured Yeah, I would have captured it. And I have that in a photo album still. Whenever I come across it, it just makes me laugh. Because, yeah, that's when I wanted to see what my new haircut looked like. It's like, thanks, friend. <laughs> that's great. Uh, the next one. Hmm. Kind of a big hit back then. Yeah. A little bit. Well, look at those numbers, man. That's wow. $243 million for Ghostbusters. That was. I mean, I saw it. I liked it. I think I might have saw it a couple times in the theater. I remember a year before that came out, I was seeing the posters, and you were like, I can't wait for that movie. I can't. And I didn't even know what it was yeah, about yeah. at this point. Be like, I cannot wait for that movie to come out. You're seeing like, who's in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you got yeah, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Bill Murray, Harold Ramis is in it again. Yeah. And then that other guy. So. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, honestly, it's another one that, honestly, if it's on, I'll, I'll watch it. Uh-huh. Um, Bill Murray's got some good... You know, one-liners, even in the in the second one too. But I mean, just like, you know, he's talking to the spirits or whatever. But I just, yeah, like I I thought actually they I thought it was well cast. Yeah, oh yeah, it was everybody that's you know even Rick Moranis was he in the first one or was the second? Yeah, he's in the first one. Rick Moran, he played Lewis, yeah. the neighbor. <laughs> right. He was Sigourney Lewis's neighbor down the hall. And one of the funniest scenes of that movie is another one of those throwaway scenes. He's he he's he's uh he's like trying to be a good. Now I don't know if he it, it's not really sure. I don't really think he was trying to you know kind of hook up with Sigourney Weaver, but I think he's just kind of be a good neighbor, and she just kind of never right. has time for him. He's like, okay, well I'm gonna go uh, go grab a shower then. <laughs> like, I've never heard anyone at that point say grab a shower. To this day, I still say. Go grab a shower. <laughs> Always, almost every time. If someone's there and I'm telling them what I'm doing, I'm grabbing a shower. So, good stuff. Uh, let's see. The next one. I freaking loved this movie. <clears throat> this is a great one. Kevin, take it away. Or yeah. Dean, I don't care. No, I, what I'll let Kevin, but I, uh, before, I, before I let Kevin take off with it, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. Um, there's only... There's only one line I ever quote from it, though, so we'll cover that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I know the one. We're talking Revenge of the Nerds, so. Yes. <laughs> we have Bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching that one time. Uh, it was front bigger, of, wasn't it? Yeah. In yeah. front of my mom. <laughs> and uh, I remember her leaving the room right after that scene. <laughs> She figured after she heard what she heard on Delirious, uh, it's all out the yeah, window at this point. Like, she just yeah, gave up. All hope is lost for this, this is boy. The, this is the end of, of Sharon Ackley trying to uh, <laughs> trying to uh, oh, corral a young, rebellious <laughs> Kevin. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, um, if you haven't seen Revenge of the Nerds, see it. Uh, this bunch of, of nerds are not accepted into any fraternity, so they start their own. Uh, the Lambda Lambda Lambdas. And um, and they uh, lots of shenanigans ensue. Um, they hide 
cameras in the girls' dorm, and that's where we got Dean's famous line <laughs> from. Uh, let's see. They, I mean, gosh, they have their band. Um, <laughs> at the Hotel Coral Essex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, gosh, it's 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 Anthony Edwards. Yes. We had, we had mentioned him earlier in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Now he was a full-blown star yep. in this movie. And, oh, gosh, I, you know, this is before Top Gun, of course. Which it was funny because in Top Gun, remember I first saw them, like, who is that guy? Right. Like, it took me like a minute right. going, oh, it's it wasn't Lewis. It yeah. was the other one. I don't know. I can't remember what his name was in the movie. Oh, I never... I never put that together. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, I never thought about that. Before. Kevin was this many years old when he found out it was the same. I don't guy. think I ever made that connection. No, what I always thought about was it was kind of funny. He plays a nerd in this, and then later he's like considered this like cool. dreamy doctor from right. some TV yeah, show. Or whatever. I don't think he was considered dreamy, was he? I, I think that, George Clooney and Noah Wiley were like the dreamy guys. He was just like a very smart. Guy, but not a nerd, certainly. Yeah, yeah. He was Gilbert. <laughs> That's who he was. And yeah, it's like how how nerdy can we make these names? Well, there's Lewis and Gilbert and Poindexter <laughs> <laughs> and Wormser, remember the young kid, yeah. and then and, Lamar, Lamar, and Booger, and and Booger. So Lamar is like the gay black guy. <laughs> and remember they they made the special javelin for the throw. <laughs> And he won, he won whatever he won. whatever it was. So, oh man, that uh, that movie, great movie. Check it out if you haven't done it in a while. You owe it to yourself. If if for no other reason than the '80s nostalgia. And when you start watching it, you're going to hear lines that you still quote to this day. And you like, oh, that's where they, yeah. that came from. I almost forgot. Yeah, there are more quotable lines in that movie. I just <laughs> that's the one that stands the, out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so this next one is one we are desperately waiting for a sequel for. Yes. <laughs> Police Academy. Yeah, that. I think this almost kind of feels like not quite. They weren't quite trying to do airplane type humor, but I don't know. I just. I, I'm embarrassed to say that I've watched all of them, honestly. <laughs> Have you watched them all? Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, for but, those at but, home, but I was joking about the sequel. There's been eight. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, I, I know I saw probably but, three. But they're all the same. I mean, it's just the same. It's a continuation. It's just a new set of recruits yeah, to yeah. the police exactly. academy each time. Yeah. And, a, and a different hot chick. Yeah. You know. Steve Gutenberg was great in this movie, which yeah. I think kind of is what made it a, a better movie right. than it probably was. It was definitely the best one of all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Yes. And I don't think he was back for the second, third, or whatever. No, he was in a few of them. Was he? Mm-hmm. I didn't remember him. Yeah. And then again, I have probably haven't seen the sequels right. since I saw them. But first I think Michael Winslow's in all of them. He's My, the Michael Winslow was great. Like the sound effect guy. Yeah. yeah. He was awesome. Loved it. So yeah, Police Academy. But, you know, the Blue Oyster. <laughs> oh, the Blue <laughs> Oyster song, bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those guys get stuck in there. Oh, man. That's that's nice. I, I, I use that every now and then <laughs> with some friends of mine. Nice. Uh, let's see. Next, Bachelor Party. Uh, Tawny Katane, 
Tom Hanks, the soon-to-be-married man's friends, throw him the ultimate bachelor party. Adrian Zemed plays Tom Hanks' best friend, who actually throws the party for him. So I put this question to you, gentlemen. In what universe is Tawny Katane even slightly interested in Tom Hanks? Now, 1984 Tawny Katane, not you know today's Yeah, she'd be wreck. begging to have him now with all the money she, he's made. But at that point, yeah, right. she's the rich girl. He's kind of a, a slacker. A yeah. yeah. And I, for some reason, she wants to be with him. That made no sense. It makes no so. sense. So one of the things that always always loved about this movie, and I do this to this day because, you know, I'm not a tennis fan. But like if I'm on a tennis court, I'll take a tennis racket and right, hit yes, it over the yeah. fence like a baseball bat. Yeah, that's about really stuff. what I remember of that movie, yeah. honestly. But it's a it's a great movie. If you guys if you haven't seen it in a while, go check it out. It is good. I, I mean, do need to watch it. It's typical eighties. I, I, kind of I actually enjoyed it. I just but I haven't watched it for so many years. Yeah. It's it it's definitely worth a look. Next, Dean, you wanna take this one? I'm not going to fall for the banana and the tailpipe. Um, <laughs> well, you yeah, Beverly, fall for the banana and the tailpipe. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cobb. Bro, you got to relax a little bit. I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another huge box office on this one. I mean, this one was... Yeah. It, again, it was... Uh, well, yeah, the dog's chasing the Eddie cat Murphy, right now. Eddie Murphy was... You guys you know, wonder what's going on. Eddie Murphy's definitely, I would say, definitely, you know, at the beginning of his prime. Oh, yeah. In, in this movie. And, uh, you know, honestly... You know, I love Judge Reinhold. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously in Fast Times, but it almost seems like he's just some always a similar character. Yeah, you know, just that goofy, almost kind of semi clueless, but yeah, but does have a clue yeah. type character. You know, type guy. But uh, I, I actually enjoyed it. I, uh, I would need to watch it again. Um, it's been a long time, but. Uh, you know the banana and the tailpipe is obviously a, it stands out to me, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think I saw this one at the theater as well. So I did too. Um, I think I'm gonna lie to my parents. That's what movie you're gonna go see. Yeah. <laughs> I um back in those days, whenever Eddie Murphy would come out with a movie, I would just go see it. Right. Yeah. It's just you know was what it was. Uh, okay, the rest of these here. Uh, top Secret. I don't remember it. Yeah, I remember they being out. Tried to rip off Airplane. Yeah, the yeah, airplane I like formula. Top Secret and Johnny Dangerously are really the same. Yeah, pretty much. More or less. Which brings us to Johnny Dangerously. Do- Johnny Dangerously. Michael Keaton, Joe Piscopo. This was a great movie. Um, so many one-liners in this one. Uh when when uh, I think it was was it Joe and, and I, I can't remember exactly. I think Joe Piscopo is the one that, that didn't pronounce everything right. Like he would cuss but wouldn't cuss. Like you fargin ice holes, <laughs> yeah. fargin bastages. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that was Joe Piscopo or not, but I know Joe Piscopo would say something like, uh, "My mother punched me once." Once, Once. <laughs> yeah, or, or something along those lines. But yeah, yeah there was somebody that couldn't. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it wasn't Joe Piscopo that did that. You're right. I can't remember, but it was a it was a great movie, very fun. Um, so yeah, go check that one out. Kevin, you want that next one? Uh, Romancing the Stone. I've never seen it. No more for its theme song than the actual movie itself. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah, I never saw it either. Yeah, it almost feels like a like a prequel to the. Uh... You know, to the 
Jewel of the Nile? It, well, <laughs> it was. Oh. <laughs> Maybe that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. No, the uh, the one with the ones with Harrison Ford, the uh, oh Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, yeah, romancing was, the stone, yeah. uh, splash. You know, I I liked it. I again, but I, I haven't seen it for so long. I mean, nothing really, you know, except Daryl Hannah looked really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> she had about ten minutes where she was kind of hot, and this yeah. is during that ten minutes. Yes, yeah. Um. This was on something recently, and I watched a little bit of it, and uh, I was not, you know, too carried away with it. Just, eh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gremlins is the next one. I I think I watched it at the movie theater. I've never seen it. Really? It blows my mind you've never seen Gremlins. Yeah. It's just kind of... Yeah. You know, you can't feed them. I mean, there were some really half... Have big rules about how you handle them or whatever. And don't feed them after. Don't midnight. feed them after midnight. Well, isn't it always after midnight? It's like you know, so <laughs> just never feed them or you yeah. know, can't get them wet. Feels like two pretty easy rules. <laughs> yeah, they broke them the first night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It was kind of. I. I wouldn't have even probably had this on the list as a comedy. I, yeah, I think that's a bit of a stretch to say this is a comedy. It's it, it's listed as a comedy, but. Right, but is it really? Yeah, yeah I, I I don't know if this is necessarily yeah, no. comedy. Yeah. So, Sorry. speaking of comedies, <laughs> as oh, if boy. Cannonball One wasn't enough, Cannonball Two in 1984 came out. Like, did we need a Cannonball Two? I didn't. <laughs> I I haven't seen it yet. So, uh, I'm sure yeah. Dean saw it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know. I'm sure Dean's dad has seen it. Yes. Well, exactly. I mean, it, my dad liked Burt Reynolds. He liked Dom DeLuise. Those types of movies were his right up his alley. Yep. My dad, too. Even to this day. He could stop over at any point of the day. If he's not watching a Western, he's probably watching one of these type of movies. It cracks me up. And that is probably a good stopping point for this week. We had such a good time recording this podcast that we went way long so we are going to pick this up next week and get the rest of our favorite movies of the 1980s until then we are going to close out with the lovely and talented linda november until next week you guys take care and god bless so what so what so let's dance galaxy glue galaxy glue what